I'm sorry. But anyway, you know the story of Solomon, the wisest man in the world. God said, what do you want? He said, ah, just give me wisdom. <clears throat> he didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for a vengeance on his enemies. He just asked for the wisdom of God. God said, you ask for wisdom, so I'll give you wisdom and wealth too. He built the temple of God. David prepared all the stuff for it. Awesome man. Wrote the book of Proverbs, etc., etc. The problem is, 700 wives and 300 concubines. A thousand wives. What did you say, Brother Patrick? Oh, you said poor guy. <clears throat> Well, it's one thing to have a thousand wives. It's another thing to have a thousand mother-in-laws. Now you can say, poor guy. No, but I want to. But I got to. I got to interject something. I got the best mother-in-law in the world. She is an awesome mother-in-law. I'm telling, and that is the truth. That is the truth. Amen. <coughs> so anyway, his wives, who he multiplied to himself, turned his heart away from God. So that this awesome, wise man became a fool. He became a fool. He started building altars near the temple of God. Altars to false gods. It's sad. So that they, his wives could worship their false gods. It brought his downfall. His sin brought his downfall and the destruction of the kingdom. Because at this time, the kingdom is united. <coughs> Two more pages. <laughs> he dies. Amen. Sad part about it is I don't read where Solomon ever repented. Backslid. I don't read where he ever repented. Now, I'm just throwing this in. Okay? It's worth your time. I understand from sources that were linked to witchcraft and the Illuminati. That much of their teaching in Illuminati circles and witchcraft circles much of their teaching came from Solomon that's what they say now I don't I can't I, I don't know if that's true or not but I can tell you he went a long ways away from God a long ways away from God it could happen to any of us God, do you see this recurring pattern man the heart is desperately wicked you can be standing in the house of God, anointed, being instructed by the Word of God. And if you let your flesh get a hold of you, it'll pull you back out in the world. It'll pull you into witchcraft. It'll take you further into hell than you ever were before Christ. He never repented as far as I can find in the Scripture. Now watch this. His two sons, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, Rehoboam, there's going to be a division of the kingdom. Why? Because of the sin of Solomon, but because of the actions of Rehoboam. 
Rehoboam, his son, there's a, a Solomon heavily taxed God's people. <laughs> Give me an amen, Elizabeth, so I know you're still alive. <laughs> Solomon has heavily taxed the people of God. Rehoboam rises up, and he increases the weight, the burden of the tax on the people of God. His actions cause a revolt. Ten tribes say, whoop, we're out of here now. Ten tribes run over here, are you with me? And join his other son, Jeroboam, leaving two tribes to Rehoboam. The ten tribes under Jeroboam, they set up a capital city in the northern kingdom of Samaria. Judah and Benjamin, are you with me, are under Rehoboam. Their capital is in Jerusalem. Now watch this. <clears throat> Jeroboam, Israel, ten tribes, the capital of Samaria. This is the northern kingdom. There were 19 kings over them and every one of them were evil. There wasn't a good king of those 19 kings in the whole bunch. They were all wicked, all evil kings. The other kingdom, the southern kingdom, the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin, there were 19 kings that were there. They all came from the family of David. And in that line, there were good and bad kings. <clears throat> Hello. So now we've got a divided kingdom. <clears throat> now, what happens is, because of idolatry, etc., in these kingdoms here, let's start up here with Israel, the ten tribes. Their idolatry, then God begins to raise up prophets like Elijah and Elisha and Jonah. Elijah and Elisha to preach to the ten tribes of Israel. Trying to get them to repent. Telling them if they don't repent, they're going to be taken into captivity. Are you with me? Jonah preaches to Assyria uh, to, uh, to pre preach to them and they repent of sin. Are you with me? But... Assyria would later take the ten tribes of Israel captive in 722 B.C. You remember that, right? That's a lot of stuff when you're teaching these Bible studies, isn't it? I try to cover. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the story of Jonah because I told it to you Sunday night, right? Okay, y'all got the point. So God raises up prophets in the time of this kingdom. When you start hearing prophets, when prophets are start, when they are raised up by God, you know you're in a time of apostasy. You know you're in a time of idolatry. Because every time prophets come on the scene, the church is in a mess. And so prophets are rising up and they're preaching. And Elijah and Elisha are just one example. To try to get the people of God to turn from their sin. But eventually because they won't turn, God has to send them into captivity. Now watch this. <clears throat> Assyria is raised up by God. To take his people captive. Assyria is a beast. That's raised up by God. To take them captive. In the last days. God is going to have a beast. I said God's going to have a beast. It's all oh, you got to hear me. God's going to be the one that raised. You read Isaiah 10. God raised up Assyria. God did it. To take his people captive. God's going to raise up an end time beast. To take the people of God captive. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And the whole purpose of that beast rising up to take God's people captive is so they will flee to Zion. God is using beasts all through history and in the final hour to come to cause his people to run to his arms in Zion. I said God's doing it. It's not the devil doing it. 
He's just doing God's service. 722 BC. Well, they go into captivity first. 130 years later, we've got this other southern kingdom of Judah. These two tribes. Are you with me? God begins to send prophets to them. Isaiah the prophet, a brilliant court preacher. Jeremiah the weeping prophet to them. Are you with me? 606 BC, 605 BC, they take the first captivity. The first group into captivity. You with me? Because they fell in the same sin as Israel, the ten tribes. 605 BC, thereabouts, is the most common date. First group go. Second group go <clears throat> about eight years later. The third group, watch, the third group is captured in 586 BC. At that time, the temple is destroyed. And Jerusalem is burned with fire and the walls are knocked down. 586 B.C. Okay. Daniel was taken in the first group. 605 B.C. Are you with me? He was taken in the first group and he was over there in Babylon when Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 B.C. Alright. Y'all okay out there? They are in Babylon. This, this uh, southern kingdom is in Babylon. For 70 years. But God's going to bring them out. Amen. <clears throat> now. Instead of focusing though. At this time in your Bible study. It will have you focus on the prophecies. Of these prophets of the Old Testament. Like Elijah and Jonah. And Isaiah and Jeremiah. The focus is on the prophecies concerning Messiah. Where he's born. Micah 5 to Bethlehem. Isaiah 7. He's virgin born. Isaiah 9. He's the mighty God. All of that. Instead of focus. I'm not going to do that. Because I'm running out of time. But when you teach your Bible study, you go ahead and teach the prophecies about the Messiah and how, where he was born, he'd be virgin born, that he'd ride in Jerusalem on a donkey, Zechariah 9, he'd be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, Zechariah like 11 and 12. You can, you can show them the prophecies of Messiah. Also, there's prophecies that were given concerning the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Isaiah 28, Joel chapter 2, Ezekiel 37, about a new heart, prophecies about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You can cover those, okay? In your Bible study. Hallelujah. You can also talk about the end times a little bit. You can talk about the Israel being captive and being brought back into their land. Ezekiel 37 and things like that. You can get into that in your Bible study. But for the sake of time, we're not going to do that. Okay? Hallelujah. So, Jerusalem destroyed captivity. Are, y'all got any questions on that? All right, let me finish this up. At the end of that 70 years of captivity, there is going to be a restoration. It's going to bring us to the end of the Old Testament. Say restoration. So that the people of God are going to be brought out of Babylon. I said the people of God are going to be brought out of Babylon. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. You're you with me still, man. Give me some fives, brother. You're still there. Thank God, man. Oh, it makes the preacher feel good. <laughs> See, all this is a type. God bringing his people out of Babylon. Anyway, to do what? To go back to Zion. So they'd run to the arms of their Savior. Walk back into Jerusalem. Walk back where the throne of God is in Jerusalem. Jeremiah chapter 3. Walk. Anyway. All of us guys are coming out of Babylon. I don't have nothing to boast about. I'm still coming out of Babylon. The new Jerusalem of God's coming down from God out of heaven. It's coming down progressively. 
But the point is this, restoration. Are you with me? So first group comes out, 536 B.C. First group, Zerubbabel. They come out, they start building the temple of God along with Ezra the scribe when he brings another group out, okay? Then Nehemiah, 440, uh, 4 to 445 B.C. He leaves Assyria and he goes and rebuilds the city and the walls. You with me here? So this is a picture of Jesus in restoration. Jesus restoring us. Jesus rebuilding your walls. Jesus rebuilding his house. Jesus as the people are coming out of Babylon. Going back to Jerusalem. Being built up in the things of God in this last day. Are you with me here? This is the old city of Jerusalem. There's going to be a new city of Jerusalem. And I'm looking at you. Nehemiah is the, means comforter. He's a type of the Holy Ghost. The point is, okay, so they built the temple. They built the walls in the city. By the time you get to Nehemiah, various men like Haggai, Zechariah, during the time of this rebuilding under these men's ministries, did y'all catch the date? Ezra, 536 B.C., Nehemiah, 444 B.C. We're getting close to the coming of Jesus the first time. We're coming to the close of the Old Testament. These prophets are raised up by God to encourage the people to build. Build, build, build. It's God's kingdom. Build, build, build. Don't get lukewarm. Don't get Laodicea. Come on. Build, 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 build. Haggai, he's like a, a fire-breathing preacher. His personality is fire coming out of his mouth. Zechariah, he's... He's more passive and, you know, a little easier to get along with. But they're preaching the same thing. See, God will use the personality you have. Some of us have, you know, the personality of a, a wild animal. And then some of us have the, the personality of Zachariah, you know, a, a pussycat. The point is, God still uses us. Amen? Whatever personality we got. I guarantee you, Zechariah had some stuff to say. So anyway, they rebuild, rebuilding the temple and repairing the walls at Jerusalem. Are y'all still with me? Oh, that's good. Amen. The last shall be first. And the first shall be last. All you people who were powerful at first and you dwindled off, you will be last. And all these people in the last are powerful and strong. They shall be first. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah okay after the building of the walls etc in the city then about a hundred years later though same old same old people start backsliding again but this time they're not they don't go back into idolatry um, in a sense you know they were pretty much cured of idolatry in their captivity God said, you want to worship idols, I'll take you to a land where that's all there is, is idols. And so they come out of that place where all that idolatry was. And they're, they're, they're pretty much cured from idolatry to a point. I'm talking about the outward idolatry. They still had idolatry in them, though, when Jesus walked up. They had idolatry of religion. It was an apostate Judaism. I said it was an apostate city. Jesus said, your house is left unto you desolate. That literally means your house is left unto you reprobate. I have left your house. 
Are you with me? Oh, I wish I had time. But that, that temple that was built by Zerubbabel, Jesus did walk in. And so the latter house was better than the former house. But anyway, a hundred years later, a man by the name of Malachi rises up. And he starts preaching to him. And he has to preach to him because even though they're not physically bowing down to those idols anymore, they've been cured from that. He has to preach to them because they've lost their fire. They've lost their fervency. They started neglecting church. They started neglecting the temple. They stopped bringing their tithes and offerings to God. And Malachi has to stand up and preach to them concerning their lukewarm, carnal approach to their walk with God and call them back to God. What happened in the end of the Old Testament is a type of what's going to happen in the end of the church age. People lose their fire, their commitment to God. They start neglecting the church. They, start, they stop bringing their tithes and offerings to God. Same thing. You might have been cured from idolatry, but be careful that that lukewarm Laodicea spirit, spirit doesn't get a hold of you. They got a hold of Malachi. Only two churches out of the seven did God give a good report to in the book of Revelation. The rest of them fit into the Malachi church. Hallelujah. And that brings us to the end of the Old Testament. Y'all have been so great tonight. Hallelujah. You know, at the first, we just kind of put ourselves up and let the Holy Ghost move us around, talk to you about some things that are going on in the present hour. Uh, but you've been real, really, really great tonight to listen to all this word. Amen. That brings us to the end of the Old Testament. In between Malachi and Matthew, there are 400 silent years. Anything but silent years concerning history, but silent concerning any prophet coming and bringing a, a new revelation from God. No more prophets for 400 silent years as far as biblical prophets go, okay? During the silent years, you got the Maccabees, you got different empires, you got Babylon, Middle Persia, Greece, and Rome that are rising up. Are you with me here? Okay. Y'all all right out there? Hallelujah. Okay. Well, next week, the Lord willing, if he hadn't come and raptured us out of here. But since I'm pretty much post-trib anymore. <laughs> <laughs> which just blows some of you away I know one thing I keep my eyes upwards all the time but you know really anymore I'm not looking for that escape hatch I really I have I love the rapture I love that truth I still believe in it but the timing of it anymore hallelujah that used to be my whole focus was rapture 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 but my focus now is bringing the harvest into the house first let him appear in you first and then he will appear for you that's what excites me so you know what honestly even if it is pre-trip i'm kind of praying it's not i really am because what I understand about the tribulation period concerning the believer, if that includes the church, I said, if it includes the church, we will be protected. And are you with me? 
we will be protected and we will be a witness we will be a man child that's going to go out of this earth that's going to be anointed by God because you got 244,000 you got one in Revelation 7 and you got one in Revelation 14 one is made up of Gentiles one is made up of Jews and they both represent the man child the two witnesses of God they're going to raise up in the last days and I don't have time to give you all this, but come Sunday morning, we're going to be touching a little bit of this stuff in the book of Judges, okay? So what I'm doing right now, I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you to go all the way through seven years. To be a witness through seven years. And if Jesus comes and gets us out before that, I'm going to say, Lord, I wish you'd have left me a little bit longer. Because honestly, I'm really not too excited about God just taking me to heaven and saying, okay, now give me a harvest up here. Are you crazy? He never, he never put in you what he put in you to take you to heaven so you can have a harvest there. He put in you what he put in you, brother, so you would have a harvest here in this earth. So what happened, and all I just preached to you, happened in the days of Jesus. I said everything I preached to you happened in the days of Jesus, and it's going to happen again in our day. Ever bit of it. That's why what you saw in the early church, you're seeing again now. Because that which is first shall be last and that which is last shall be first what happened then is going to happen now so all you sleepers no 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 you, how many people God I got out there I'm really looking forward to the time when all of us are sitting in a cave somewhere Got a fire going there. Not one thing to our name. But we've got an anointing on our life like we've never had before. And we're getting to open the word of God. Amen. And we're seeing things in that word we, we never saw before. Sitting around a campfire in the tribulation period. Walk outside, all the trees are burned up. But the people of God are safe and secure. Now, if the rapture happens, I'll see you up there. <laughs> I'm trying. Listen, do you hear me? Do you hear me? See, if I don't preach like that to you, and if it is not pre-trib, and we go into the tribulation period and all hell breaks loose on this earth, if I don't preach like I do to you right now, and I believe it can be backed up scripturally, if I don't preach like this, many of you will fall away. You'll fall away because you were looking at an escape route. And it's going to be there, but it may be at the end and not the beginning. That's my point. Hello, somebody. Woo! 
It's going to be fun. Sister Sonia, it's going to be fun. Fun. I mean, even the pain is going to be good. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. Remember what we preached? God gave us a message the first of the year. The nerve of you. Nerve of you. And God started showing us about revelation in the scripture. That it's good even when you're waiting for God to fulfill his promise. Even when it hasn't happened yet. And you're suffering and you're hurting. And you're saying, where's it coming from? God said, it's good even when you're waiting. Hallelujah. And so he said, that Wednesday night, New Year's Eve, he said, the nerve of you. So you might as well get ready to, to keep listening to a long-winded preacher. Because as we get more and more in these last days, it's going to get longer and longer and longer and longer. And God's going to be moving us so fast that if you miss a church service, you're going to come in here and we're going to be completely different. We're going to move to another glory, to another dimension. And you're going to say, wow, look at these people. You mark it down. God's moving us so quickly in the spirit that one service time, you won't even recognize a person the next time. Man, is that you, boy, brother? You, man. You're looking good tonight. You weren't looking so good last week. Hallelujah. You got the glow, glory of God on you. Whew, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready for tough times. Now look at him and say, get ready for good times. Next time say, you hadn't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Would you define that for me? <laughs> hadn't seen nothing yet. Hadn't seen nothing yet. That's why you better have yourself planted. No, 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 no. Now let me say the last thing I'm going to let you go. Because I feel God's been talking to me about this for a few days. Okay. If some of you are suffering right now and you are uh, lacking in certain areas of your life, the Lord spoke in their temporal things. The Lord spoke to me to tell you, you are blessed beyond measure. And the reason you are is because he's training you for the future. And if you have faith now, to survive in a time of need. You are blessed people. Come on. Come on. Come on. There will come a time. I believe there's going to come a time when the, when the poor man's going to be looked at and, and, and these words are going to be spoken to him. You are blessed. You don't hear me. You don't understand what I'm telling you. It is because of these tough times that you go through. They are necessary to prepare you for something ahead. So you are blessed. Don't kick against the problem. Don't kick against the prick. If, you're, if, they're, if it's keeping you in, hemmed into the will of God, stand up and bless His name. If you can make it through now. You can make it through then. Bless His name.
You're blessed. And if you have abundance right now, praise God, that's good. But I'm trying to show you right now that those that are lacking and really struggling right now may be more blessed than, than you are. That's what I hear the Holy Ghost saying. Because God's teaching them how to walk in the wilderness. He's teaching them how to walk. To trust in the manna that comes down from God. He's teaching them to trust God. To supply water out of a rock. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to curse my blessing. But I want to tell you something. If there's not something inside of me that will take me through tough times. Then it's best that I not be less temporal. God, we all got to have something in us. That's strong enough to get us through. So don't fight so hard where you are. Say, God, teach me what you need to teach me. And I'll hear Teach me what you need to teach me in this. I'll listen. Prepare me in my heart, God. Work on me. Burn it out of me, God. Just get it out, God. I, get me in a place where I just say, oh, God, I got to trust in you. I can't trust in the arm of man. I can't trust flesh anymore. I got to get focused on my God. He's the only one that can supply my need. Be strong. Be of good faith. See things from God's eternal perspective. And say, God, I don't really understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. But if there's something ahead of me that's worse than what I am right now, there's got to be some real maturing take place in me. If I give up now, listen to the Holy Ghost. If you give up now, if you can't keep up with the footman as the scriptures say, if you cannot keep up with the footman, what will you do when the horses run? If you can't keep up with the footman, if the footman weary you, how much more when the horses ride? When the horses of Revelation, the rider on the, the, the white horse, the rider on the red horse, the rider on the black horse, the rider on the pale green horse, when they begin to ride, if you can, if the footman worry you right now, I'm telling you right now, you will not keep up with the horsemen when they begin to ride. So you've got to hear what God's saying. Don't be weary. You can't hang right now. What's going to take place when the Bible said the swelling of Chardon comes? When Chardon begins to overflow, it's banks. Ooh, hear the word of God. This is, I'm, this is, I, I stand up right here and declare to you right now, this is God speaking to you. Not me, but God speaking to you right now. You need to rejoice if you're going through a time of need right now. God's making you a soldier. A soldier. A soldier. So you learn how to walk. Get a hold of God when you need him. In a cave somewhere. No outside supply. But God is my supply.
scared? Are we getting weary when we're with a footman? Be not weary in well-doing. You shall reap in due season. If you faint not. If you faint, you will perish by the way. Come on, church. We got to... We got to get a hold of this. We got to see what the big picture is all about. When Y2K came and went, everybody buying water, buying guns, trusting in the arm of the flesh. And the child, when it really goes down, you're going to be trusting the arm of the flesh. You're going to have to trust in God. Either that or take the mark of the beast. You know what God, you remember what God told us when all that Y2 stuff was coming, coming around? Don't get caught up in it. That's what God told us. He said, you don't get caught up in that stuff. He said, don't fear what they fear. Let your fear be the Lord. That's the, I remember that word as clear as it was yesterday. That's what God told us in Y2K. Don't let their fear be your fear. Let the fear of God be your fear. That's what God told us. It came. It went. Nothing happened. And you saved a lot of money. Because you heard the word of God. The next word that comes might be the word that comes to Joseph. Store up. Get ready. But that word says, he said, don't even be afraid of what they are afraid of. That's God, what God spoke to our church. He said that before the time. And all those prophecy preachers were standing up saying, y'all get ready. It's going down. Hallelujah. But the word of God was speaking to our house. said, don't even fear what they are fear. God. Let your fear be me. Get a hold of me. Trust. <laughs> but, but some of y'all weren't with us at that time. We were over there in, in a shop building on Brazos. Hallelujah. Freezing to death in the wintertime, burning up in the summertime. Had to wear, wear gloves on our hands in the wintertime. No ceiling. Very little heat. That's where we started out. <laughs> Amen, right? Those were, the, those were some good days, weren't they? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love those days. I love them. What time is it, man? Oh, it's early. It's 9.30. I finished just in time. But those are, though, you're going to look back. When I, my point in this is saying all of this is you're going to look back at the tough times. And you're going to say, those were awesome days. Because those were the days when God did supernatural things. When we had to depend on Him. We had to trust Him. We didn't have physical might and strength. We just had to pray our way through and fast our way through and hold on to God. And look what the Lord has done. So don't curse your, this hour that you're in now. Because you will look back at it and say, those are the good days, man. But we had to pray our way through, fast our way through, and get a hold of God. And now we stand up and we have a testimony 
Look what the Lord has done. Let's stand. Most of you are already standing, but let's stand. Father, tonight I praise you. You are an awesome God. You have given us so much, God. I have abundance in my spirit tonight, God. Abundance of revelation, abundance of the word. Let the poor say I am rich. And the meek say I am strong. Put your hands, church. The Lord, your Lord God is in your midst now. Let the poor say I'm rich. And the meek say I'm strong. The weakest among you shall be as David. Tolobo Koshi. You are his remnant. You are his people. He has not forgotten you or forsaken you. He's with you whithersoever you go. You are virgins who have not corrupted yourself with women. False church systems, apostate women, you have not allowed yourself to be corrupted by them. You walk with the Lord whithersoever he goeth. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. God, oh God. Father God, there is a body that is standing before you. A remnant. A bride. Stay meek before him. Stay humble before him. Keep a meek and quiet spirit about you. Let pride be put away from you. Father, I love you tonight. And I thank you for your word to us. We receive it now. God, we receive it. Lord, you're speaking to some of us to lighten our loads, to prepare for the harvest. And I thank you tonight. I worship you. Worship you. Worship you. You're looking for an obedient, faithful people in the earth. Who will come out of that apostate system. Knowing they'll be persecuted. Knowing they will suffer to do it. 
but you will have a remnant. A new generation stands before you. Not a part of the old order, but a part of the final outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I bless your holy name right now, Jesus. Thank you for the work that you're doing in my life and in my wife Christina's life. We want to give ourselves more and more to you, Father. Let your will be done. Your will be done. The signs, miracles, and wonders will follow those that believe. that we may tell our children and our children's children look what the Lord has done in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I'm going to let you go, but I want to tell you one last thing. Much of the prophecies that are written in the Old Testament are written to both the church of the last days and also to Israel. Because many times God uses this term to Ephraim and Israel. Ephraim was a part of Israel. Literally. But God said to Ephraim and Israel. Ephraim, it represents the Gentile church. So much that was written concerning Ephraim was written to the last day church in those prophets. With that understanding, open your Bible and see what God says. I am telling you, church, that God has taken us a lot further than what we ever comprehended or apprehended about church. He's shown us what the real thing is all about. And it's hard for us in America to understand. Because we are in the midst of Babylon. America is Babylon. We are in the midst of Babylon. I love y'all. God loves you. And I pray this word that has come to you tonight that you will take it and do something with it. Do something with it. Walk by it. Live by it. Believe in it. Prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet him. Because he's going to appear in you before he appears for you. But you've got to be walking and you have to abide in him. I love you. I could preach. I still got the unction on me right now. I could preach and I could preach and I could preach and I could preach. But God has spoken to you tonight. And you are a changed person. You are a changed person. This congregation is changed because of this awesome, awesome word of God that has gone forth. <clears throat> you, your, your perception of things, your perception of things what, is what must change. My perception of things is what must change. I must see it differently. And rejoice in it. It's amazing how God can turn what you hate into, into something that you love. And turn into something that you love into 
something you hate. So that you start loving the things of God that you once hated and hated the things that were not of God that you once loved. It's a powerful thing that happens in the heart of a person. And those things are not always bad that you start hating. They're just weights. Good night. Will y'all pray for me? I need your prayer. I need your prayer. I need your prayer. Oh, but I'm so excited. I can't tell you how excited I am. I, I feel like I'm a part of a mission field in America. I feel like I'm a part. I'm looking at a mission field right here. I feel that way in my spirit. This church right here feels to me like it does in Taiwan. When I go to the mission field over there, that kind of deep, deep consecration that the people have there is what I feel here. That's rare in America. That's powerful. That's why we have to be real careful that we don't let something come in or someone come in that, that just messes up the whole harmony. People don't understand that. They don't un- no, 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 I'm not talking about people in the world that need to be saved and get right. We get them in here, we raise them right. <laughs> we get them in here, we raise them right. I'm talking about people that have a background that come in here and, and they want it. They want it, but they're not willing to pay the price for it. That's, that's all it is. They want it, but they're just not willing to pay the price for it. But I feel something very awesome in this house. Mm. Good night, y'all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm, anyway. I'm letting you go. Good night. We'll see y'all Sunday if Jesus doesn't come.